Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Wow, thanks, Serena. Good morning, everybody. My name is Mitch, as Pastor Serena said, and uh, I've had the privilege of coming here for the past 12 years with my wife, Jocelyn. I just want to start by saying, while we were worshiping, just how awesome is it that we have a place that we can bring our kids to, to raise up that next generation? That seems to be a dwindling thing in this world, but still yet in our country, in our city, we have a place that the, our kids can come up to and be raised properly through the Word of God. Um, I was actually privileged as a kid myself to be a part of uh, youth, um, to be engaged in my church community. My parents made that uh, a priority in our life for my sister and I. And we grew up not only just in youth, we grew up in a Christian school. I went to Bible college. I grew up in a Christian faith. I gave my Life to the Lord when I was in uh, Bible camp uh, at a very young age. I was blessed to be able to have the opportunities that our kids have here in the next generation. And if I can just speak really quick to each and every one of the kids, regardless of whether you're in Sparks all the way up to youth, don't take that for granted. The place that you have here, the place that your, your parents bring you to, is a place where the Lord's actually going to do a work in you, and he's going to build a foundation. We want to build our foundation on the rock, the word of God, and not on the sand. And I learned that, and I wish I would have remembered that as a a young kid, having that passion and that fire for God. As I grew up, the world tends to harden your heart if you let it. And the circumstances that life throws at us can create a calloused heart. The Lord wants us to have soft hearts. I learned this on October 11th, 2019, when I was rushed to the hospital um, via ambulance. I had suffered some, several uh, significant health issues, and that rocked my world in such a way that my faith was going to be shaken. And I didn't know what that all entailed. But to summarize, because I don't want too much time on that, Um, I spent about a year and a half uh, in and out of the hospital, and I was in a very, very dark place in my faith with Jesus. I had anxiety. I had depression. I also had a big anger towards, um, towards God. How is it that I could be someone who was faithful? I worship. I go to church on Sunday. I, I went to Bible camp. I memorized the verses, and yet this still happened to me. And I got into this very, very dark path of victimhood, and I victimized myself because of my current circumstances. I know Pastor Lauren said this a couple of weeks ago, that we need to put our circumstances underneath our feet. I want to remind you guys of that today. I hadn't learned that yet, 
I remember specifically one day as I went through my health issues, my wife was preparing our girls and said that, Mitch, are you going to come to church today? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to attend? And I remember lying in bed. I said, no, I, what's the point? Why, why go? Because the God that I was serving, this is, this is the plate that he gave me. This is the cards that he dealt me. And she said something very significant to me that day. She said, do you not think that the enemy is specifically keeping you in your your mindset of victimhood to keep you from having an encounter with Christ to where you could be healed? And then she walked away. I don't know how you guys are married, but boy, I had something to say and I could only say it to myself because she walked out the door and went to church. But that convicted me. That started, that started a really big path towards me regaining my faith, re, just rehashing this stuff with Jesus. What I ended up doing was I got, so, I got so angry about the world and about my circumstance and so anxious that I called Pastor Lauren and I said, I need to meet with you. And he says, uh, okay. And I took him for lunch. And we had a conversation that really changed my life. He asked, he asked me two things. He said, when was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you read your Bible? So for me to say, oh, I've been a Christian my entire life and be completely stonewalled, I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I did that. He said, start, start there. That's the foundation. Over the time that uh, I began to just sort of process what he said to me, I dedicated, this was in October of 2020, um, about a year after my health issue started, I dedicated my time to actually reading the New Testament up until Christmas and praying every single day. As I did that, I started to see the Lord do a work in my life, start to soften the stone of my heart and the callous of my heart. And it came to a head one day on December 17th, and I really want to share that with you in the time that I have left. Um, on December 17th, I went to bed, and uh, in, the, in the middle of the night, I was woken up by a dream that I had had. I was driving as a passenger in a car on a single-lane highway, and when I turned to look at who was driving the vehicle, it was this monstrous, demonic figure. And that scared me in the middle of the night, and I woke up, and I was praying in the Spirit, and I prayed myself back to sleep, and I woke up the, the next morning just as disturbed as I was the night before about what had happened, trying to discern what was going on. I prayed through it throughout the day. And then in the afternoon, as I was driving home from work, the Lord gave me a vision of what happened in that dream. And the vision of how that dream ended was that two golden figures had picked up my arms ripped me out of the car, and took me back up into the sky. The moment that I had that vision, or we have a picture of it here soon, but the moment that we had, I had that vision, my pain went away. For the first time in a year and a half, I went zero out of ten pain. And this is what I saw, the Bethlehem star, that afternoon. This isn't the exact picture. I was driving, so for those of you who follow the law and can't take pictures, but um, that was a, the Bethlehem star I saw clear as day, 
And no matter who I pointed it out to, they said, oh, no, it's just a satellite. No, it's just this. No, it's just that. The Bethlehem star, for me, was a promise that even though I was going through my circumstance, the Lord was 100% with me, and he came for me. So if somebody might look at your promise and say, no, that's a satellite. No, that's a star. That's, no, that's a plane. Whatever it is, mine was the Bethlehem star, and the proof was a week later. They put it in the news that it had been there all along. Through that process, I had such a peace that entered my life. And with that came a call into ministry. The Lord tugged on my heart. And in that process, I prayed with the Lord and I said, well, Lord, if you, if you open doors, I will walk through them. And immediately after I said that prayer, Janelle, who was part of our family ministries here at church, called me and said, Mitch, we had a meeting and we're looking for somebody to oversee Route 56 and your name came up. For me, that was an affirmation of the direction that the Lord was calling me out of and into. That, that serving with these kids, we have seen such an amazing change in not only just the grade sixes like Serena said, but the grade fives as well, who are going to pre- be prepared next year to help lead the grade fours who are coming into that same situation. And they're building that same foundation on the rock that we need in order to be able to just like Serena said, bring up the generations behind them. I want to uh, share really quick um, with you just a, a scripture from Ezekiel 36, 26. This was sort of my mantra for, for what my intention was when I was invited into this role of serving the next generation. And it, w- it, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What I want to be able to do is prepare the next generation more than that I was prepared for, that any circumstance that comes their way, that they can continue to turn the soil over in their hearts to keep it soft and receptive to what the Lord is calling them towards and what the Lord is calling them into. That defense that warfare, that armor of God. We want to create warriors. We don't just want to create attendees to a congregation. We want to create warriors who are going to stand. We want to see kids like Micah stand up with his sword right next to Hudson, who's in group 56, next to the grade four invaders, next to the adults. We are all fighting a battle, every single one of us. And what I've learned in Route 56 as a leader over the kids is that they recognize a whole lot more than, than I could consider. Their battles through COVID, through the pandemic, through what the, what's going to happen next in the future are, is just as great. They struggle just as much and they need just as much um, encouragement and empowerment to be able to, to fight. I want to leave you with two examples and then I'd actually like to just pray. But... Uh, if you're, if, when you're given something unexpectedly, like I was, just being able to be healed and delivered and free, it's just a natural instinct to want to give to others as well. And in 1 John um, 3.18, it says, Dear children, let us not love with our words or tongue, but with our actions and in truth. 
And I wanted to show two actions that we had this, this past year, neither of which I can make any, uh, uh, take any credit for. We had a prophetic painting night, and one of the individuals, uh, one of the kids that we had, was painting something completely different and wrote a note on the back of, the paint, uh, of his painting. He didn't tell me this until afterwards, but about a couple days later, he had showed it to one of the people that was staying in his family's basement. And the words that he had written on the back, he showed to no one, but the person who saw the photo said that God is here and was able to confirm exactly what was said on the back of that painting in a prophetic way. Those are encouragements for me that to see the Lord is not moving just in me, but moving through the group. A couple Sundays we go, we had a really powerful service where we were able to just, we spent half of the, the time up in the room praying for each other, supporting and empowering one another, and just watching the Holy Spirit move in the kids, rather than even just sticking to our lesson. Being able to serve the next generation is, is huge because we want to be able to have them actively engaged in, in their relationship with Jesus so that when they face trials and circumstances, they know that they can move forward and they can conquer those. We want to raise conquerors. So in closing, I just want to, uh, if you won't mind, can we just pray really quick for our next generation? So Father, I just thank you so much that you are raising up lions, Lord Jesus. I just thank you that we have a place that we can come to, that the next generation can be empowered, can be filled up, can be... Um, can be influenced and be influencers in their world, Lord Jesus. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you guard their hearts, Lord Jesus, and that they can turn the soil in their hearts to be soft. They know that, that they can build their foundation on the rock, Lord Jesus, and that that is what you have asked of them and that they will be doing great works for your kingdom. And we pray, Lord, that as a church and as a congregation that we can surround them with that empowerment and protection in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks very much. I believe Adriana is coming up next. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up for Mitch. That was so good. Um, so inspiring. I have just met some of the grade sixes for the first time, and they, I'm so excited to have them join youth this next coming year. Um, okay, well, hello, everybody. My name is Adriana, and I've been a youth leader here at C3 for just a little over a year and a half. Um, now, being a youth leader has been literally such an amazing journey, um, and I very unexpected, but in just the best way. Um, I've learned so much more than I ever thought I could from our students, um, just seeing them and their faith grow, and their friendships, uh, being able to walk with them as they're going through difficult seasons, um, and honestly, just like having a lot of fun. I know that sounds crazy, having fun at youth, but we have a lot of fun, and Wednesday nights are truly my favorite day of the week. Um, so a little bit of backstory on me, because I don't know if I know everybody, but um, I, born and raised in Edmonton, which is a little controversial, I know, sorry. <laughs> Um, but I was raised in a non-Christian household, and growing up, I was always really interested in God. Um, I had a couple of friends who went to church, and I was really interested, I think, because I just never went. Um, and we, my family, like, was not religious 
at all. Um, like Sunday mornings were for sports and cartoons. So I was really interested in God, but never went to church. Um, but my upbringing was a little bit turbulent at times. My dad is bipolar and has severe depression and also is an alcoholic. So all of those things kind of created a bit of a rocky household at times. And it left me feeling scared and worried and kind of a little lost because I wasn't really sure what things were going to look like for me and for my family. Um, and I was quite unsure of my future. So the start of how I met Jesus came at a time when I was pretty rebellious. Uh, I had gotten into partying. I was making some really poor decisions. And all the while, my dad was in a really big depressive episode. And my house was really toxic. I was really toxic. It was not a good situation. Um, and so I just was feeling so lost. I had no guidance. I had nowhere to go. Like, I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And I was in university, and I was studying all day, every day. And I just was, like, really overwhelmed with the way that my life was going. Um, and I was studying so in university in Edmonton. And I was... Uh, I took a Bachelor of Anthropology, and one of the electives I had to take just happened to be Religion 101. Fit perfect with my schedule, um, which at the time I was like, this is really funny. Fits perfect. Um, the Lord works in really great ways. <laughs> um, and so I took Religion 101, and it took a very analytical look at a bunch of different religions across the world. Um, but the one that I was most interested in was Christianity. We looked at stories from the Bible and discussed some of the stories that we know um, of God doing these amazing things. And I just was blown away because I had always been really interested in God, but to see it and to study it was like a totally different thing. Um, and so I started kind of doing some more investigative stuff on my own. Um, I started kind of under like trying to figure out like who God was and if he was real. And I think the thing that really changed things for me was uh, I started looking into worship music. And I love music. Um, I've listened to some, like, Hillsong classics, and they, they hooked me. Um, and so just listening to the lyrics and having music speak to me that way was a way that I just, like, I literally would listen to these worship songs, and I would feel lighter. Like, the weight that I had of, on my shoulders of my dad and school and my family was like temporarily lifted. And it was such an amazing feeling because I felt so lost. And I was listening to these, these worship songs and they didn't really mean a lot to me, but having that, that brief lightness was everything. So I was like, all right, you know, I've gone to, I'm interested in who God is. I like worship music. What's the next step? Going to church. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go to church. Um, I had no clue where to start and I was so overwhelmed. <laughs> I did some church hopping, didn't really find a community that spoke to me, um, and it wasn't until I was driving home, a drive that I had driven every single day, twice a day, I was sitting at a red light, and a church on the side of the road, very similar to C3, uh, I had just saw at the red light, and there was just something in my heart that was like, you need to go, and the Lord, like Holy Spirit was calling me to this church. Um, obviously, I, I know that now. But in the moment, I just was like, okay, I'll go try this out. And so 
The following Sunday, I go to church. I walk in the doors, and I kid you not, I was like, where am I? Um, there was people dancing. There was people with their hands up. There was tambourines. There was flags. I was like, this is too much. <laughs> um, but it felt very overwhelming. But then immediately I was met with the most welcoming, loving community that just like opened me with welcome arms. Um, and so I started to go more often. I was really intrigued and I still didn't really know who God was, but I was really curious and I had that hunger to know who God was. Um, and so I started getting plugged into the community, started going to young adults, still was like, who's God? Like, I don't know who he is, but like, I'm curious. And it wasn't until there was a advertisement on a Sunday for Alpha. I'm sure some of us have heard of Alpha before. Yeah, big Alpha fan. Um, and so in that moment, I was like, what's Alpha? Um, and the very first time that I heard the voice of the Lord was in that moment because he said, Alpha will change your life. And I can say with, like, very full firmness, like, it genuinely changed my entire life. Um, so I signed up for Alpha, started doing it, and it taught me literally so much. Um, it also was a great place that I was able to ask the questions that I was too scared to ask, that I felt stupid asking of um, to other people. And it just gave me a really amazing community and space that I could go and uh, feel like a baby Christian for a little bit. And it was so awesome. And so through Alpha, I gave my life to the Lord. Um, and I was baptized and like truly fell head over heels with church and Jesus and the whole, the whole thing. I was like so on fire for the Lord and just was so excited to get to know Jesus and be in the community and just see how I could get to know the Lord better. It was awesome. Um, and so... Uh, losing my page here, but basically I, doing Alpha just gave me the foundation for my faith. And I think kind of as time progressed, um, I was able to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father, which helped mend my relationship with my dad. Um, and just like the anger and the frustration and all of the emotions that I had started to be turned to love and forgiveness and like it does not happen overnight, which I'm sure most of us know, but it slowly started to change, and I slowly um, was able to have a relationship with my dad again, and that was only because of the Lord. Um, and so, I'll, more flash forward, I moved here in 2020 for work, um, and through mutual friends, I met Pastor Serana, um, who immediately like took me in, brought me to C3, and I came here and I was like, this is home. Like, it felt like home. The community is amazing. Um, and she asked me if I was interested in youth. And again, I heard a very clear yes from the Lord. And I was like, okay, yep, I'm doing it. I feel so underqualified. Um, I have no clue how to lead youth at all, but here we are. <laughs> um, and so uh, just stepping out and listening to the Lord has, like, been so amazing and um, being a youth leader has impacted me and my faith in ways that I truly never could have imagined. Um, being able to see the students at the beginning of the year to now and seeing them grow in their faith and just be totally transformed has been so amazing. And just seeing some of our older students praying for one another or praying for people on a Sunday and just, um, just seeing how God is working in their lives is just like, honestly makes my heart melt. Um, and so 
uh, the next, I just feel like the next generation is going to do way, way bigger and better things than we can even imagine. And I just am really thankful that I get to just be a part, a little itty bitty part of their journey and be able to just kind of see them on their path. And uh, yeah, I just am so excited for our next generation. And um, I'm just believing and knowing that they're going to do such amazing things. So yeah, so that's that's me, but I am I have the pleasure of um, welcoming up my friend Caleb. But before I do that, I am just going to very quickly pray. Um, sorry, we're doing a little loop, but <laughs> um, so Father, I just thank you for um, everyone that came here today, Jesus. Um, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts, um, Lord, and that you would just. Um, speak to uh, everyone in the next generation and just give them the hope um, and the energizing, I guess, for the next generation. And we're just excited and expecting to see what you're going to do, Lord. So we love you so much. Amen. Hi, Lucy. I'm so happy you came to church. Uh, Adriana's got a big roller derby game after church today. So cheer her on. She's a little bit nervous about it. She's going to kill it. Uh, my name's Caleb uh, McLeod. Uh, my wife and I have been going to C3 here since 2014. Um, but actually... My family has connection to when we were over in West Hills, 2004? I don't know. I was 13, I think, uh, when, when we went to the West Hills in Calgary. Um, and that's kind of really where my faith built and was developed and stuff like that. I serve on the youth team, um, junior teen. Where's my boys? Uh, <laughs> you junior teen parents have... Absolutely your hands full. Um, my team and I's job is to make sure nobody dies for the first hour and a half. <laughs> Try to take 20 minutes of teaching them about Jesus, hopefully. Um, and then, again, make sure nobody dies. There's a lot of energy, um, a lot of excitement, uh, but it's great. Uh, watching them come in at the beginning of the year and seeing where they are when I got like eight boys moving up to senior team this year. <laughs> so really sad, come back to me. Um, an absolute transformation, and it's just so encouraging to see. Um, but I guess Serena asked me to tell a little bit about myself. Um, most of you probably know me more through my wife, Melody, who does worship. I sit in the back all the time. Uh, sorry, Pastor Swatsky. Uh, so shout out to my back row people who like to hide in the back. We see you. Uh, you're valuable. Uh, it doesn't mean you don't want to participate. You just maybe don't like people as much. That's me. Uh, my face is actually just like this. I'm not grumpy all the time. Uh, I think Saran is a little bit nervous having me up here. I walked in and uh, asked if I was allowed to swear. She said no. Um, but uh, I think it was just last week she said, hey, uh, would you w be willing to take 10 minutes uh, just about 
yourself, a bit of your testimony, and why you serve youth. I was like, yeah, that's easy. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, how the heck did I end up here? <laughs> like, well, first I thought, okay, 10 years ago, yeah, I'm, you know, 14 or whatever. And I'm like, no, I was not 10 years, 14, 10 years ago. Uh, I constantly get made fun of as a youth leader because I'm the dad, um, the old guy up until recently, which is funny, uh, the only one with kids. Uh, so 9.30 comes around, I'm like, guys, we got to wrap things up. I gotta get it home. I'm tired. Uh, so, parents, I assure you of youth that when things come up, I'm like, hey, guys, like maybe we should think about the parents here, how that might impact them. Uh, so, I have your back. But how the heck did I get up here? How did I end up here? Um, and it basically comes to like a series of yeses. Uh, some accidents, I guess, like, oops, I guess we're here now. Uh, but currently, I am a superintendent at Canada Post. Uh, I serve youth and hang out with my family. Um, Fifteen years ago, if I would have had any guess as to I'd be in Calgary uh, attempting to get everybody their packages on time, uh, I would have been like, you're crazy. So I went to Bible college right out of high school. I did four years in Eston College. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. Uh, it's wonderful. There's lots of connection to this church here. Um, my wife and I met there. Uh, we got married and did our last year of college together. Um, and at the end of that year, uh, the president of the college called me and said, hey, I have a phone number for you to call. Um, there's a guy who heard you can run equipment, heavy equipment, and is wondering if you want to be a farmer. So I called him. His name's Murray Johnson. Uh, and I said, hey, I know how to run equipment. Uh, that's it. I know nothing else about farming. He's like, all right, you start next week. Uh, so graduated college. My wife and I decided we would stay in Eston. Um, so I said yes to a phone call. Um, had nothing to do with ministry, had nothing to do with serving, had nothing to do with anything like that. It was yes to a phone call. Uh, obviously, after Bible college, I thought, hey, I'm going to go do, you know, all these cool things. Uh, I went and sat in a tractor for 20 hours a day for a long time. Uh, but I also got to experience... Uh, Murray was an older guy, um, and we would go to Coffee Row outside of Harvest and Seating almost every day. The characters at Coffee Row were also older, um, and I got to sit and listen to what it means to be faithful, dedicated, committed to a community. Not all of them are believers. Uh, but they believed in building and inspiring. Uh, the Johnsons, especially, you sit and you listen to them. Um, and it's the kind of community, it's Brother Johnson, Brother McLean, you know. Uh, they are so dedicated to their faith and, and community that when a church needed to be built, 
They built it with their hands. They didn't go out and do crazy big things. Stayed at home. They farmed. They were faithful. They took Sundays off, and they were part of their community. So I was there for three and a half years, uh, and that's what I learned. Nothing special. Show up, do the work, put in time, be faithful, and be a part of a community. Simple. Show up. Then I got another phone call uh, from my dad, and uh, basically he told me to get my butt home and get back to work. Uh, back to oil and gas. Um, so that's 2014, we moved back here. Um, so I started uh, building pipelines again and going into project management with pipelines and kind of just said yes again. We moved with family for opportunity and, you know, came back here, came back to this church and immediately were welcomed in again. It was just saying yes. Uh, we just show up and put the time in. It's nothing special. Christianity and serving and being willing is just about saying yes. Jesus died not because we were so valuable to him. We're not. Larry Moore, our youth pastor for a long time, always would say, you are not that special. The amazing part about faith and about Jesus and what he did for us is that we don't deserve it, yet he still gave himself. And I'm not worth it. So how the heck did I end up here? Uh, kind of like right as the pandemic was happening, uh, the announcement was made that Pastor Serana uh, was going to take over youth. And I was back in my corner, hiding, <laughs> And I pulled up my phone, and I opened her Instagram. I was like, hey, I'll help out if you need help. And I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> if you know anything about Pastor Serana, she will hunt you down. <laughs> you say you're interested at all, you're on the team. Uh, so I'd encourage you, everybody send Pastor Serena an uh, Instagram message. So we kind of struggled through online, everything like that. Um, the last two years, honestly, every Wednesday and every Friday, I get off work and I think, oh no. I am tired. I am unprepared. I want to go to sleep. Uh, but I show up and it is 100% the highlight of the week. I have the opportunity to come and to be an influence on the next generation. I am obligated to help these young men and women move through the kingdom to learn what it means to be men and women of integrity. Hopefully, some day, they go, hey, I learned from this guy that if you show up and you put the work in and it'll work out, it will be okay. It's not always fun, but if you put the work in, you show up, you choose to be a member of the community, 
it will be okay. I promise you, boys, slow down, listen to people who are teaching you. Take it in, sit at their feet, drink coffee with them, and absorb, and you will be okay. I want to close this by honoring Pastor Serena. This woman is absolutely an inspiration. Um, If you haven't ever watched her and what she does, uh, she is fully behind people. She is fully dedicated to your kids. She's dedicated to the youth of Alberta and the nation. You watch her at events and she is unbelievable. So thank you for leading us as we can have the opportunity to lead our youth. I'm honored to serve under you. And for the grade sixes, I'm so excited to have you guys next year. Grade six boys, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, During seeding time, there is a certain smell that happens. It's not the smell you think. In the evening when things start cooling off, the soil's been tilled, the seed is planted. It's unlike any other smell. It's this freshness. It's this hopefulness. It's this... It's seeding. We are in seeding. We might not see a harvest, might be other people, but we are sowing into the next generation. And I want to invite anybody who has an option to say yes, to sow in. I want you to smell what it's like to be hopeful and to be sowing for a harvest that you might not see. Just say yes. Once. And then all of a sudden you're here. And you go, why the heck am I here? So thank you for letting us serve your kids. Uh, I know for all of us, we're, we're so honored to, that you would let us care for them. Um, so I'll pray and then I'll pass it to Pastor Serena. Father, we're so grateful that you have entrusted us to teach, to lead, to inspire. Father, I pray that you give us energy, knowledge, and wisdom. Jesus, that you would raise up this next generation, Lord, that the workers might not be few. Father, that come harvest time, there are going to be workers ready to put the time in. That'll just say, yep, I'll show up. Jesus, let us us be people who say yes to opportunities, to phone calls, to people. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh my goodness. I just don't have words because like if I could tell you how many moments um, 
I have walked or peeked in the door of um, small groups happening or even classrooms back there and seen these guys like praying with a kid or you know, checking in on them how their week is going. Like these guys are. These are the heroes. <laughs> so I need to stop now. <laughs> Can we just give it up one more time for those who shared today? an opportunity to also honor, thank you, Shanae, <laughs> to honor um, Phoenix because I am the most non-musical person ever, but Phoenix leads the worship department on a Sunday and, you know, across the church, but Phoenix also comes on youth nights. He works with students to help them learn instruments so that we can have a youth worship team, and I got to watch him. He came on Thursday night just to practice with the students so that they felt confident for Sunday for youth services. So I just, if you could for, just give one more clap to Phoenix. You don't even... <clears throat> You don't even see half of, of the time and the uh, so many things that he does, um, including pouring into Next Gen. So I'm, I'm grateful for you, Fien. Um My last announcement for you before we wrap up and I invite our prayer team forward is this summer, if you've been a part of the C3 community, you know our, our summer fun day barbecues are a huge part of our community. Caleb talked about doing life with people and in community. So if you want to sign up to help uh, either with our Father's Day barbecue next Sunday or to serve with our summer fun day barbecues throughout the summer, you can do that in the foyer. Um, I'm just going to invite my leaders forward. Prayer team, come on up. You guys can stand at the front here and the youth who are on the prayer team today. If there was something through any of the stories that were shared today that maybe spoke to you or the Holy Spirit highlighted something to you, these are young men and women who are prayer warriors and they would love to stand with you. And even if it wasn't specific to the messages today, if you would just like to come and have a young person stand with you in prayer for anything going on in your world, um, I promise you it will be impactful. So we're just going to leave these altars open. I'm going to just quickly wrap up in prayer uh, here. Thanks for giving your time and attention to our most wonderful next geners today. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for all of the students who served both youth and kids today, who served in so many ministries. We're so grateful for them, God. I thank you for the leaders who shared and the ones who didn't, the ones who are backing kids, the one who come on Wednesday nights, who come to Route 56, who serve on Sunday mornings, backing kids. God, I just thank you for them. I thank you for their commitment. I thank you for their investment. I thank you for their sacrifice. I thank you for the young worshipers on this platform. God, I thank you that they will write songs for their generation that will set people free, God. I thank you for the creativity in them, that it would give you 
all glory, God, that you're rising them up. So we thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, come on up. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.